Hi, I'm Chris McBrien, a Gen Xer, and the pop culture from my generation is awesome. And I'm Yance Eaton, a millennial, and the pop culture from my generation is dope. Episode 56, Films versus Movies. <laughs> Brian here. This is Pop Goes Your World with Yancey Eaton. As always, you're going to find us on Twitter at McBrian or at Yancey Eaton. You know, shoot us, a, shoot us a tweet. We answer back and we love talking pop culture, especially movies and TV shows. That's for sure. Yancey, what's going on today, brother? Uh, not a whole lot. Just uh, incrementally, my life is improving with each passing week. Uh, good. The house good. is coming together. Work's coming together slowly. You know, we're still not open to the, the public, but the store is looking pretty good. And uh, I just binged the hell out of Stranger Things Season 2, and uh, it was pretty good. So oh, um, good. I'm actually really excited about that. Maybe we can get somebody on in the future. Maybe like our old buddy Nathan Dawkins will want to come on. I haven't talked to him yet, but I'm pretty sure he'd be down. But, oh, he would uh, love to come that, on There's still a ton of movies I want to see and stuff that uh, I haven't got a chance to yet. Still haven't seen Blade Runner, which is like really, really disappointing to me, but... Yeah, that thing's good. Oh, that's good. So uh, the other week we were talking, and I mentioned this idea, this concept that I came kind of through on you, and you were like, hey, I never really thought of that. And, and I was kind of discussing the idea of how there's movies, and then there's quote-unquote films. And mm-hmm. you you kind of thought, oh, that's kind of an interesting topic. I never really thought of it like that before. So then we got talking, and we said, hey, you know, we got to do a show on this. So here we are, lo and behold, doing a show on this. And I decided mm-hmm. to reach out to our good old buddy, caveman himself, Derek Myers, and he said, of course I will come and join the conversation. This sounds like a great topic. So he is uh, joining us this week. Derek, welcome back to the show, bud. Thanks, Chris. Pleasure to be back. Thanks for having me again. And uh Definitely uh, geared up to talk about this uh, this particular topic. Yeah. So you guys uh, ready? Anything going on in your life? You just want to throw out there quickly? Doing anything exciting? Uh, uh, well, to echo Yancey, uh, we binge watched Stranger Things season two last weekend, and uh, it every bit lived up to my very unrealistic expectations. So strongly recommend that. And uh, got a chance to see Thor Ragnarok last night. And if you're uh, into the comic book movies, this one was a home run. It was great. Loved every minute of it. Um, yeah, strongly recommend it. If you're into the Marvel uh, movies, check this one out. You won't be disappointed. As I kind of alluded to before we came on air here, um, but here's the thing for me. All these new movies, these comic book movies, there's just, I can't keep up with them. It's like an avalanche. There's like one after the other and they mm-hmm. all have these. It's not like, you know, two, three, four, five. They just give them all different names and stuff and they all kind of blend in together and all this. It's just, I just don't get it. I agree, Chris. And also, not only that, but there's so many that are just not good that are just, they're out there to make money and they don't actually have any type of, you know, artistic value to them whatsoever. So it's hard to discern between which ones are actually good movies that you want to go see, like a dark Knight or guardians of the galaxy versus, you know, the fantastic fours or, you know, what every other Spider-Man that's absolutely terrible. I I've just decided because I didn't grow up with comic books. I don't have like an emotional attachment to these franchises. I just wait till everybody tells me that it absolutely blows you away and then I'll go see it. But for the most part, I just kind of sit it out. Well, coming from the millennial, I guess that's something then that therefore then that doesn't make me the old man that's yelling, hey, get off my lawn, right? I'm not that no, guy. No, that's, that's still oh, your that's still me. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> me. Um, my wife took me out a little while ago. Um, we went to see Who's Live. So it's called Who's Live Anyway. And so, you know, the show Who's Line Is It Anyway. It's, they've got this tour and they go around. It's called Who's Live Anyway. And uh, my wife took me to that for my birthday. And it was fantastic. We went down to Hamilton and it was Ryan Stiles and Jeff Davis. And, uh, and Greg Proops was supposed to be there. But uh, Greg Proops had to go in for like emergency surgery or something like that. So they called Kathy Greenwood and they got Greg, Kathy Greenwood to come over. And uh, so she she kind of filled in. It was great. I, I, I love watching improv. I've always done improv. Derek, did you ever remember when I used to do that improv show with uh, with Rob? Did you ever come and see that? I'm trying to remember. I, no, I remember hearing all yeah. about it and, uh, re, you know, two person reenactment of the of the bits. But uh, <laughs> it's not great. I never got a chance to see it. live. Oh, anyway, it was a lot of fun. I really like improv. So that was really great. But anyway, films versus movies. You guys ready? Absolutely. Yep, let's OK, let's go. Phoebe Cates in the red bikini scene. Jody loves chachis. Gotta like it. <laughs> Didn't she die the same day as Michael Jackson? This- but you did meet Fred Savage once. What's Ben Savage? Ben Savage. Because around here, Yancey is the baby-faced one, and I, of course, am the ladies' man. I'm a huge fan of, like, that that feathered look that the women of the 60s and 70s did with their hair. Somewhere on your smartphone there, young man. You can look it up. Is it still around? It was the two Corys. It was Corey Heyman, Corey Feldman. I actually feel really bad for the guy. And I had the hugest crush on Susan Ersty. Who are these people? (laughs) 
Okay, so as I mentioned the other week, um, I have always kind of viewed there to be two different entities when it comes to uh, film, and, and that's the, there's there's films, and then there's movies, and like I've always, I've always sort of thought that. And when I mentioned it, Yancey, you thought that was kind of an interesting concept, so you you thought it'd be a good idea if we uh, kind of flesh that out a little bit here. So mm-hmm. so you said you'd never really thought of that before. Since we mentioned that, have you been able to give it any thought? Do you think there's any um you know uh, is there is there anything to this, or am I just not onto something? Well, I don't know if you remember, Chris, but in a past show, I think it was where we did our favorite rap songs, or like our top five favorite rap songs. And at the, at the top of the show, you you preface it by saying, you know, should we address the differences between what we consider rap music and what we consider hip hop? And in my mind, like, I know that they're two different words, but I always kind of associate them as the same thing. If you look at my, you know, like my music libraries, I always key everything as hip hop slash rap because it's kind of interchangeable to me. Whenever you brought that up that, you know, what is the difference between a film and a movie? I kind of realized that you know, subconsciously, I guess I did make a distinction between the two of them where, you know, a movie I thought of as one thing and a film as something completely different. I ended up doing a ton of research on this and actually like went into like the, you know, the etymology of, you know, the origins of these words and how they're used in different countries. And I I got down this huge rabbit hole, which I don't think was kind of like in the spirit of what we were trying to do for the show. Um, I will say that as far as me personally, I do think there's a huge distinction between the two of them. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm more than willing to to kind of just jump into it. But if if you want to kick it back to Derek first, we can kind of explore this more. Well, I felt I needed to reach out to Derek because Derek, like like me, I remember when, when, when I used to live down in Toronto and Derek and I would hang out, we like... We, we were in sync in terms of we both loved movies. And um, so, Derek, I reached out to you and uh, you were like, yeah, yeah, I got lots to talk about this. So just what do you what's your sort of initial take on the uh, on the fact that there's films and there's movies? I believe that there sure. is. What do you think? So one of the advantages of living in a big city like Toronto is we have the Toronto International Film Festival, which is a huge movie to do in September every year. And I've been going to the Toronto International Film Festival, or TIFF as we call it locally, uh, since 1998. So I've been there 20 years. And that to me has really helped divide in my mind sort of what's the difference between a film, the kind of thing that would appear at a film festival versus a movie, which to me always is more like something you would see in the theater, in the, in the cinema. And I was trying to come up with like a definition, some way to easily quantify one over the other. And the best thing that I could come up with, and by all means, uh, you know, contradict me if you, if you don't agree is a movie will entertain you. A film will do more than entertain you. And I think Mm -hmm. at its most simplistic definition, that was for this week when I was doing my prep, that was sort of the framework I used. I I like that. I think think that's good. Yancey, what do you think? I I agree. Um, Obviously, we can go into a little bit more depth with that, but I... It was. I kept bouncing back and forth because I would think of, oh, well, this type of movie is definitely just a movie, or but you know, and this is what I would classify as a film. But then I realized there are films that can be both movies and films at the same time, and so I started writing down like almost like a pro and con list, but I just divide them up into columns, and I actually had like bullet points of things of like how I would define for some movie. I can rattle some off just really quickly. Like the first things that came to my mind if I'm defining a quote unquote movie, big budget. Massive promotion, blockbusters, action, sci-fi, romantic comedies, thrillers, any comedies, comic book movies, multi-movie franchises, um, big-name actors. Oftentimes, they come out in the summer. There's lots of explosions. There's spoilers. There's plot twists. It's movies that you would take your date to and feel comfortable about. Like, you know that they would have a good time and that they would kind of enjoy the movie. Uh, Movies are the type of thing you'd see people pre-ordering tickets online for. Uh, Opening night, you'd see cosplay, like people actually dressing up as the characters in the movies, co-workers talk about it there's multiple trailers not just one release and there's youtube videos that people try to you know use to analyze actual trailers that to me is like a movie that is a big time movie those are the things that i associate with it whereas with films just as derek said the first thing i wrote down it does more than just entertain they're trying to say something there's a lesson to be learned it's often ambiguous it's metaphorical uh either historical it's often critically acclaimed and they're rarely box office hits. So these aren't the movies that you would take your date to see. And often it means very little to many who watch it. But it's, it, some of these movies are transformative to a select few of people. And uh, lastly, they're timeless and they age well. And they're often referenced in other forms of pop culture. And they're given homage in other films. So you see them constantly being derived into other films. And like they're like the uh, they become the canon as far as like cr- you know critical film theory. Like people are oftentimes using their works and other stuff. So like that, that's the distinction between the two. But it does get murky because, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about some films here soon where 
they kind of toe that line in both of these. Like they check out all of these boxes. So what do you guys think? Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. And I think that we will definitely go through some titles tonight that'll go through both. And we'll talk about that in a second. For me, I've always sort of when I when I think about what constitutes a film, for me, it ha a film ha is is something that properly utilizes the medium. So for me, the medium is as important as the message. I sound like Marshall McLuhan when I say that. <laughs> Indeed, uh, but but you, you know what I mean? Like like you're actually using the medium as part of the storytelling. And whereas a movie is just simply a vehicle for entertainment, just kind of like what you said, Cave. Like, I, I agree yeah. with you. I think to me, a movie is entertaining, but a film is more than that. Just just I think is the, the simplest way that you put it. But for, for me, the, 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 the extra piece is that a film utilizes the medium to some degree. Okay, and I think when we get into some examples tonight, that'll become a bit more clear. And um, so, so just speaking of that off the top, based on the definitions that you've given, then I'll put it back to you. We'll start with you, Derek. What, what, give me an example of what would constitute a film. Do you have any examples of films, quote unquote films, so we yeah, can better define so it? Very much like Yancey was saying, I, I basically did the two column approach, listed a bunch. Uh, uh, and I actually went to the um, Oscar Academy Award Oscar movies nominee lists from the last 25 years to get a, a sense of which movies on the list would I feel fell into the film category versus the movies category and mm -hmm. you know based on the definitions we've used I think we'll agree the vast majority of them tend to fall in the film category but certainly not all of them and uh, so yeah I've got some that are clearly on one side or the other and I've got a lot that tend to straddle the line or that you could easily make a good argument for one way or the other but you were asking me uh, examples of films so I think, uh, I believe Yancey said a minute ago, timelessness is a big one for me. And the idea of, I, I hadn't really thought about it, but it was a good point. The idea that it is referenced in other forms of pop culture. You see homages to it. You see other uh, um, artists using it as an influence, sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly. So again, just going sort of down a couple on the list that I have as films. I have things like The Godfather or uh, Silence of the Lambs, I would call a you know, a film rather than a movie, but again, could potentially make the argument for the other side of that. Um, I'm going to throw out there uh, one of my absolute favorites, Pulp Fiction. I would say Pulp Fiction is a film. I agree with you. Through. I agree. Yeah. Because if you uh, go back, sorry to jump in, just yeah, I would no, like no. to compliment what you're saying. And in Pulp Fiction, the thing is, is that Tarantino uses the medium like, like to tell the story. In such a way, like like even just disjointed things he does. Now, this is something that if you didn't see the movie in the th – did you see the movie in the theater? I'm sure you did. Many times. Yeah, okay. So I did as well. Yeah. Yancey, you did not see the movie in the theater. I, <laughs> I did not. pretty much guarantee. So, right. so you've only ever seen it on DVD. Even when I watch it on DVD, there's still some aspects of the, of the film that get cut off. Okay, and what I mean is there's – you know the scene when um, uh, Tra exactly Travolta's character scene, goes right? to the – yes, yep. he goes to the bedroom and he's shooting up and he's laying on the bed. Or sorry, he's, he's, he's standing there and Eric Stoltz's character is laying on the bed. Eric Stoltz's character, if you look in that scene, his head is cut off. It's on the left-hand side of the screen, but it's cut off. But on the right-hand part of the screen by his feet, the, the, the closet door is open and there's a mirror. And his, and his yep. head's in the mirror. But on the DVD, that's all cut off. You don't see that for whatever reason. It just they didn't put it in. Um, so there's Pulp Fiction. I agree with you 100%. And not only that, he uses the medium in that regard, but also he uses the medium in terms of the way he tells a story or the story. It's a nonlinear type of storytelling. And so he's using the medium that way. You know what I mean? So I agree with you 100%. Pulp Fiction and, and is I a think, film. Yeah. And I, I, Pulp Fiction is one that I, I, I think I'll come back to a few times during this conversation. But I think, again, it checks a lot of the boxes that Yancey talked about in that it was not an immediate critical success. It did not necessarily make a crazy butt ton of money when it came out in the theater. It, it definitely – I'm thinking back to your show you did a long time ago about cult films. And, and I – a lot of the definitions you used of what made a cult film, I would argue, are some of the same definitions we're going to say of what makes just a film in general. And I think Pulp Fiction, mm -hmm. again, checks a lot of those boxes. It 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 gained an audience when it, uh, you know, it it was nominated for awards. And over time, it has gained this following and it has become more and more popular and it's constantly referenced. And um, but again, I would I would never classify it in the quote unquote movie. Uh, to me, a movie is is almost a derogatory term that you would use like a slang term for a film. Like the film is the avant-garde. This is what you aspire to be. And the movie is like, yeah, it's just a movie. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So do you think there's any, how about some, uh, What do you have any favorite films? Then if you, if I had to list a couple of favorite films, what, what would they be? Well, uh, Yancey, how about you? Do you have any favorite films? 
that we would call, um, call I mentioned this last week when you first touched on the topic, but um, like I, I think of Schindler's List as like the epitome of a film, right? That's not something I would take my girlfriend to see, um, and it's not something I would play, you know, for the family on a Friday night. Um, but it's a really important film, something that you know was critically acclaimed, and it stands the test of time. Where people are going to be watching that film 40, 50, 60 years down the road, I don't think it'll ever feel incredibly dated, mostly because the film's obviously in, all in black and white. Uh, mine is Private Ryan. Films like Vertigo. Um, you know, like you guys referenced The Godfather, I think that would be on the top three or four of almost every single person you ask of like the greatest films of all time, you know, Gone with the Wind, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we, we are going to get into like the overlap that we talked about where, you know, me personally, I think, you know, like The Matrix or Jaws. Jaws is something that you consider, quote unquote, a movie at the time. But as it progressed and through the years, like you, you realize this movie had a ton of staying power and it's still on all of the greatest lists of movies of all time. But that was the textbook, you know, summer movie, summer blockbuster, the thing that you would talk to your friends about and everybody would go, you know, pile into the car to the drive in. So, like, you know, you, you can there's a duality there. You can have movies that are both things. I mean, like like a movie like Patton or uh, Apocalypse Now, where there is action, there is like a ton of drama and stuff in it. But it's also a film in every sense of the word. So to complement that, you have maybe an example example or two of your favorite movies um favorite movies like just like stupid movies i i, I don't mean to say stupid like to denigrate them um no but like, that we would put into that category so like the matrix and things like that probably would fall into that category for you that, that are your favorite um, movies versus your favorite films yeah i would say that or um like movies we talked about before like like dodgeball or i wanted to say star wars because that's like the first thing that i think of like as far as like a movie goes but that I, I almost feel like it doesn't give Star Wars its due because I do think that those are canon in and of themselves and like they, they should be regarded as film because they ushered in like this entire wave of of, of movies for the next you know fifty years like we're we're still gonna be talking about these movies. Um, Star Wars is a good one. Um, I would say something like Jurassic Park. I don't think Jurassic Park was incredibly you know like the, it's not like the script was amazing or the characters were super in depth or the acting was phenomenal, but for what it was, it was just so groundbreaking and it was like this this awe-inspiring, attention-grabbing spectacle of a movie. You know what I mean? Like, it was mm -hmm. the perfect summer movie that people were talking about. I think, I, honestly, I think, like, Jaws, Jurassic Park, those kind of creature features, I think those are the perfect epitome of what a movie should be. I agree with you. Okay, so, Derek, I'm going to cycle back to you in a second. So just think about that. Some of your favorite sure. films and favorite movies, and I'll give you mine, since I kind of brought up this topic the other, the other week. This is how I would do a distinction. So just to give you examples. For me, my favorite films are Citizen Kane, Battleship Potemkin, and The Grand Illusion. Those three are my favorite films of all time. My favorite movies of all time are Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Jaws. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. I think from. that's perfect. Yeah. I think that's, that's where I come from on this. But uh, Derek, do you want to give some examples, favorite films, favorite movies? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we touched on a couple of minutes ago, so definitely Pulp Fiction certainly uh, is near the top of my list for favorite films. Um, again, I sort of pulled from like the Oscar-nominated lists because I wanted to make sure we were getting ones people were talking about, and I tried to go for some of the less uh, obvious ones. Uh, Boogie Nights, to me, is one of my all-time favorite films. Uh, I got to throw that on there. I had Schindler's List on my list, which Yancey just talked about. Uh, Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood, love it to death. Definitely would call that a film. Um, and uh, one of my, uh, we'll call it a guilty pleasure film, is Goodwill Hunting. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so for me, uh, so, so Yancey, you brought up something that I think is worth exploring a little bit more. You mentioned that movies, a movie can be both. It can be a movie and a film. There's some examples, and I agree with you. I think there are some movies that kind of transcend into also being a film. Um, an example for me would be Titanic. I, I think Titanic okay. is an ultimate movie. You know, it was the highest grossing film at the time. Um, and, and to me, it's also a film because of the way that it's it's done. It's a big, sprawling epic. And, 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 and Cameron really uses the medium to tell the story in just amazing ways. So for me, that's one. Um, Derek, do you agree movies can be both a movie and a film? I, I, well, I definitely agree that there's room for sort of middle ground. And I would actually disagree with you on Titanic myself. And, and I actually have that squarely in the movie column for me. Um, partly because I agree. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't feel that it it has that staying power for the right reasons. It definitely was groundbreaking from a special effects point of view, from like an epic kind of uh, standpoint. But I, I don't think it has the again, I want to say critical success, but I know it was nominated for awards, so you could argue it did have critical su success. But to me, it's more of like that summer blockbuster popcorn kind of 
go to the movie, turn your brain off, enjoy it for two and a half hours. Don't think about the deeper meaning, just go and have fun with it. And mm-hmm. so again, I got, Chris, some of the same ones as you. I have Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Jaws, Jurassic Park, uh, Lord of the Rings, I throw argue, potentially have some of that middle ground where there was enough of the positive stuff going for it to sort of you know shift it towards a film uh many of the ones i just listed were nominated for oscars a couple of them were nominated for best picture even but i don't know if i would classify them if i had to pick one side or the other i think all those ones would fall into the movie side definitely more so than the film side mm-hmm. just to <clears throat> cycle back to titanic for a second I, for me i've always sort of thought as titanic of as being the gone with the wind of our generation so for hmm. that reason, I think it's, it, that's why it's elevated, too, for me. Um, I, I see your point with that, Chris. I just don't – like when I watch Titanic, I've only seen it maybe three or four times. It's hard to watch it all in one sitting. As you guys know, it's long you. as hell. Um, <laughs> but like it does feel I, – I see what you're talking about with the whole Gone with the Wind of, of our era kind of thing. But um, it, Gone with the Wind is miraculously timeless. You know what I mean? Like it – you know, obviously, you know it's in the past. But when I watch Titanic, it feels incredibly – age to me and one of my yeah. criteria that i'm talking about for like a film like the titanic movie feels very 90s and it feels very specific to that particular time even though it was you know it was about something that happened in what 1912 so um like these other films though whenever i watch them like i said like they're so much more timeless i'm not i'm not trying to like rag on your pick whatever it was you know like you said at the time it was the number one grossing film of all time um so it is a very very good movie but um it, it is weird how like we put these in boxes, how we they can literally go either or depending on who you ask. I think yeah, they, I agree. I yeah. agree with you, Yancey. The the Titanic to me feels dated, and it's and which is funny for a period piece to feel dated. Um, but yeah, when I watch it, I think '90s, and whether that's because I lived through the '90s and I've seen the movie probably 20 times or more, and it, I was at Blockbuster Video when the phenomenon of Titanic went, came out. But for me, that it just feels like a '90s movie, and for that, it's part of the the reason that I'm not moving it more towards the film side. Okay, so you just mentioned that you worked at Blockbuster Video, right? So yep. did Blockbuster Video make this distinction? Was there films and movies, or from your experience working there, do you did you have like a wall that was like just film, you know, or movies, or did that uh, exist? Good question. Good question, Chris. Okay, so uh, yes and no. There was certainly not. Uh, two categories where they said films and well, except for foreign films, they were you always refer to them as foreign films. Never, never hear them called foreign, foreign movies. movies. Yeah, exactly. Never. Good point. Um, but uh, you could easily tell the distinction between a movie and a film when you walked into a blockbuster video uh, because based on the number of copies. So Armageddon, which is <laughs> a great action movie, movie emphasis on the movie part, and I think when it came out, my store had a hundred copies, and. Around that same time, Boogie Nights came out, and I think my store had six copies. And both were great movies for what they were, but I would argue till the end of the show that Boogie Nights belongs in the film category and Armageddon belongs in the movie category. And you just look at the quantities that were available at the time, and that to me speaks volumes about which is which. So another bit of a crossover between movies and films comes to mind, because back in the 70s, there was this influx of directors that they all went to film school. Like they didn't go to movie school, you know, it was film school. Right. And the thing is, it's so funny. If you would have asked any of those guys at the time, they all would have said as soon as they came out of film school, they would have said, well, we want to make films, you know. But funny enough, they went on to become the greatest movie makers in the history of cinema. I'm talking about guys like Lucas and Milius and Coppola and Scorsese, too. Although he went to film school in New York. Right. The other guys wrote in the West Coast. And then the funniest thing is um, the greatest movie maker of all time, Spielberg. We've already mentioned him tonight. He never even went to film school. He applied to USC twice, but he was rejected both times. But uh, all really? those. Yeah. All those guys, they all went to film school coming out. I'm going to make film. I'm going to make film. Now, nah, you guys end up making movies. You know, it's just funny how that works. Well- which is absolutely true. But at the same time, we'll use Spielberg again, one of my favorite directors. And I think we even said on a few episodes ago, arguably the greatest director currently making movies today. In, the, in, in 1993, he made two. He made Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. And I would put Jurassic Park in the movie category and Schindler's List in the film category. Yep. Same Completely guy, different. same yeah. year. Checks off a lot of the same boxes for both movies. But I think – Again, based on the criteria we're using, you could argue that that that's a correct distinction. One is a movie, one is a film, yet same guy making both movies. I think that's a really interesting distinction too, Derek. Like that really shows a director's ability and their range if they're able to do both. Like, you know, Steven Spielberg, like you just mentioned, in the same year, right? The same year he, he did two vastly different films. Or like, you know, Christopher Nolan was able to do 
you know, a Batman movie that was, you know, wildly regarded as the best Batman movie ever made. But he's also able to do Inception and Dunkirk and, you know, all these other films, you know, Interstellar, which Chris absolutely hated. But, you know, it's still <laughs> it's still an amazing movie. But like, you know, this could even be a future episode, like way down where like we can talk in depth about what makes a fantastic director. It's is that they continuously make good films or they're able to deviate and kind of play both sides of the aisle and make good movies that are for the general mass or they can make, you know, really esoteric films that are super specific but are critically acclaimed like that. That's a really interesting point. So Yancey, you you brought up a point a couple of minutes ago that I just want to cycle back to for a second because I think it's interesting. Okay. You were mentioning about how sometimes the, the concept of time, as time goes on, you know, a movie can be considered a film over time. Um, mm-hmm. So let's touch base on that. Do you think are there are any examples that you can think of that over time, this movie that comes out, you know, ends up becoming a film for me. The example that I would give is the wizard of Oz. Cause I think it oh, was definitely perfect. considered a movie when it came out, you know, back mm-hmm. in 39, but time has completely elevated that, that picture status to film. I, I think anyway. Um, so do you have any examples of, of movies that have become film over time? And Derek, think about oh. that too. I'll ask you the same thing. I mean, I can think of movies where at the time now um, they were really small hits, but I think as years go by, I think they'll become more of classics, like really interesting stuff like uh, not interesting. What's what I'm thinking of, but just like movies that I've mentioned when we did our, our favorite cult movies and stuff mm-hmm. um, like uh, like, I don't know, a lot of the movies from like the early 2000s where they they weren't commercial successes. I think in 15, 20 years, just like you guys mentioned with um, uh, with uh, I just forgot the name of the word. Of the, of the movie but with past movies in the past uh man i'm drawing a blank <laughs> somebody bail me out but you don't know what i'm talking about anyways every movie there's always going to be movies that are overlooked for their time whether it's by by chance or happenstance or that the fact that there are so many other movies that came out around that time that it's easy for one film to get overlooked um like i've mentioned like ex machina chris another film that we mm-hmm. reviewed on the show and you weren't particularly fond of like i firmly stand by that film and like i do think that in 20 30 years that film is going to have legs and it is going to be as revelatory today uh, you know it, it'll be just as much so in 30 years from now they're gonna be like wow that was really prescient like think about 2001 where we're still talking about it and dissecting that film and again it goes back to the you know do you see homages and do you see people referencing that in other forms of pop culture absolutely you do you know what i mean it is still every bit a part of like the pop culture zeitgeist now even though it was made i don't i can't even do the math in my head but you know 40 50 years ago so that, that you've kind of touched base on a couple i was wondering too if there's any current movies any current millennial films that you think will stand the test of time there's a there's a couple for me i think um in 2007 i'm a big fan of there will be blood i i oh yeah oh man i'm telling you that that thing is that's in, that that's unbelievable you know, and I mean, if we were to go down, you know, sort of by decade, if you want to go back, we can go back to the 60s. If you want you mentioned 2001, A Space Odyssey. I think that's probably mm-hmm. one of the best films to come out of the 60s. The 70s, The Godfather was already mentioned, I think. The 80s, I would say Raging Bull stands out to me yep. and always says Pulp Fiction. Definitely. K-Ban nailed it. That's out of the 90s. The best. There will be blood for me is the one out of the 2000s. I don't know what the what's going to be out of the, you know, 2010s. You know, I'm not as really far as sure. like the 2000s go. Like, I you, you could say movies like No Country for Old Men, another movie we reviewed that you didn't think was amazing, but like, um, another movie that actually I'm going to give you tonight to watch, Chris. I'm not mm-hmm. going to mention it, I'll, I'll save it for the end, but um, movies like The Departed or Inglorious Bastards or, or um, what's another good one? Or like, There Will Be Blood. Like, those are movies from you know, that I grew up with. I was in high school and they came out where they were critically acclaimed, but they weren't massive commercial successes. But I think you know, 20, 30 years from now, we're still going to be watching those, you know, um. An, an example of like a, a movie that was a commercial success. Think about like the Lord of the Rings movies, how big those were. You know what I mean? People are still going to be watching those movies, I believe, in 40 or 50 years. And well, and someday they'll be canon and regarded as not to the extent of like a Jaws, but, you know, they'll, they'll be like that, that long lasting franchise like a Star Wars would. I, I truly believe that. So, Derek, any movies over time that for you kind of elevated their status to a film? Uh, yeah, a few we've mentioned already. Um, I, I would definitely agree. Yancey talked about Star Wars earlier. Uh, I think when Star Wars came out, it was every bit a movie. It was the, you could argue, the original blockbuster. It was the one people lined up around the corner to see. No doubt about it. When it came out, it was a movie. But I think over time, given the importance of that movie to movie making and pop culture and society and and so many things have have grown out of that you could very strongly argue that that has has become a film the the epitome of science fiction films you're going to be a science fiction filmmaker what do you look to you look to 2001 
and you look to Star Wars, I would I would definitely call that uh, into question. The other uh, another one that came to mind while well, you guys were again, I had some movies written on my list here, so I just sort of make some notes next to them. Braveheart with Mel Gibson for me when it came out was more of a, uh, you know a movie uh, didn't originally receive a huge amount of uh, of blockbuster success. I think it came out in like February and then they re-released it in like the summer towards the end of the summer. And then when Oscar times came out, it, it got a lot more popular and it started to make a lot more money. Um, to me, that was one that was probably more in the movie category first, but over time has uh, gotten some legs and I, I would probably classify it more towards the side of film. And, um, to echo what Yancey said, I think a lot of the science fiction movies that we're seeing from the last 10 or 15 years that would probably still today be very much a movie could could very easily move into the film side of it. So uh, The Matrix is one for me that, uh, you know, I, I know Yancey loves The Matrix, and I got to say I'm probably right behind him as far as biggest fans of The Matrix. I, I can definitely see that one again. Think of how many times things like the bullet time scene has been emulated both comedically and and like you know uh in a, in an honorary form mm-hmm. um and just the message of the movie you know the the artificial reality versus reality the the man versus machine theme that we constantly see in today's science fiction um all of those to me are movies that could very easily uh if if they haven't already fallen over to that side of film could easily be pushed there um given a little more time well, what about this? What about if a movie gets lots of nominations or awards? Does Can it become a film that way? I think it might in, in the eyes of some. For me, it doesn't. I, I think a film is a film, regardless of whatever accolades are put upon it. And I think there's lots of examples of movies that have won, you know, best picture that are in no way a quote unquote film. Like movies that come to mind for me are like American Beauty, even Driving Miss Daisy. I think Tom Jones, Chicago, movies like that. Like they're, they're just movies. Like they're, they're never going to become yep. film. But yep, I I totally agree with that, Chris. And, you know, like oftentimes we put too much credit on, um, you know, Academy Awards and, and Golden Globe nominations and, and, you know, an actual award season. And we forget that those people in Hollywood that that vote on these things, they are on their own little bubble, too. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter how many awards a movie wins. Like, it's not going to mean that the public grasps onto it and, you know, they continue watching it for the next 20 or 30 years. Like, that's that's. That's a really interesting point, too, that I think that so much impetus is put on just exactly what critics think of of a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it really, really comes down to how subjective this whole distinction is, really, between yeah. a movie and a film. I think it's pretty subjective. I have what, a question for you guys really quick. Yeah, of course. Of course. No, go so for it. A, a lot of the movies and the films that we've referenced tonight, they're either very big franchises like Star Wars or The Godfather or they're, um, you know – they're esoteric or they're documentary like kind of in nature or they're like almost like historical nonfiction like schindler's list they're serious movies um they're well-produced movies do you guys can you think of any movies that are comedies i know you guys are much bigger comedy fans than i am but comedies that have been you know put out in the last 30 40 50 years where you can see them being becoming canon like that in the in, in pop culture and they, they'll they'll have that lasting you know place in our psyche as being you know, we'll actually consider them films and they'll stand the test of time. Can you think of anything like that, that's, Derek? That's, oh, sorry. That, you want to go to Derek first? Yeah, you know what? Um, I've been, I've been, one of the questions, so I'm going to answer the question with a question, if you will. One of the things that I was going to bring up if, if it didn't come up later was, are there certain genres that are exclusive to one box or the other or that are, are never or rarely going to straddle that, uh, that categorization between film and movie? And comedy to me is one where uh, it's. I think it's going to squarely fall in the movie category 99 out of 100 times. And I think when you go to the film side, if you're looking for a comedy, it's going to be that witty comedy. You're going to get someone say, well, pretty much anything by Woody Allen. You're looking to, uh, um, you know, any hall, which isn't your typical ha-ha, laugh out loud, slap your knee, uh, funny comedy. You know, you're never going to hear someone say, you know, that Johnny Knoxville and Jackass was really onto something. That is a film through and through. Like, not a chance. It's movies, it, it, you know, it's the most basic form of comedy. It's people getting hit in the nuts. Like, that's a movie to me. You're never going to, no one's ever going to argue that one should be a film for any reason. Uh, but I still love it. But uh, so, no, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head uh, that, that in the comedy category that I would move to the film side. Um, yeah. And I would argue that that's one of those genres that I, I think you're really looking for the exception rather than the norm to do that. You're going to get funny movies that fall into that category, but not a movie that is outright de- derived, devised, written as a comedy. 
I think that's interesting. What do you think? I think that's interesting. I have a different take on it. I think we usually tend to pigeonhole things, right? And it's easy to say dramas make the best sort of films. And, you know, you guys are arguing to a degree that a comedy can't really be a film, but I disagree. So Modern Times from 1936 is a comedy, and it's also an incredible film. And, I, and you mentioned Woody Allen. I think some of his early work falls into the film category. You got to look at him. He was really, really heavily influenced by directors like uh, Fellini and especially Bergman, right? And if you go back and watch Manhattan and Annie Hall, as you mentioned, I think you can make a very, very strong argument that those are films. And I think well, one I, of the best. Sorry, Chris, let me cut you off for a second. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that Woody Allen's movies aren't films. I agree with you 100%. I think almost everything Woody Allen's done would firmly fall in the film category. I always seem to have a chat. For me personally, I have a problem when people say, oh, this Woody Allen movie is a comedy. To me, I find most of his movies are dramas with humor in them. But I, I don't feel that classifying them as comedies, capital C comedies, is Personally, I don't feel it's correct. That's fair. I think that's fair with maybe Manhattan, but to me, Annie Hall still is a comedy. I I think it is. I've always thought of it as a comedy. I laughed throughout that movie. Um, But I think the best example of a comedy that is a film is from 1968, and that's The Graduate. Because to me, that 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 is a film. That is a film. Extreme, extreme to the you know to the to the nth degree. That's a film. What about other genres like like animation? Is there any an animated film that could you know that could be a film? Like for me, I think Toy Story is a movie. Wally. I think Fantasia oh. is a film. The Lion yep. King. You know? Yep. Another another comedy to cycle back. What about Some Like It Hot? I think that I think that one counts. You know, speaking about comedies real quick and we mm-hmm. can move on, but like, you know, we, we talk about these films and how some of them are super intellectual and they're, you know, they're metaphorical and they're talking about bigger things in society and they're supposed to stand the test of time, be critically acclaimed, but one can argue that, you know, those movies are incredibly um, nearsighted as far as, like, they, they only appeal to a very small amount of people, right? And even if they're very, very intelligently made movies, they're only going to connect with a very small audience, which that's important, and those films are important. But comedy doesn't get its due, because for a, for a movie that is designed to make people laugh, if it's able to literally entertain every walk of life, men, women, young, old, multiracial, multicultural, you know, people all over the world if it's able to make people laugh like that doesn't that doesn't that require some sort of level of of genius in itself and that's like that's drastically underappreciated there is there's a yeah there's a movie from the early 80s it's called my favorite year i love this movie and it's with peter o'toole and peter o'toole has a great line in, in the movie where he says uh dying is easy comedy is hard and i agree that i think there's a great deal of skill that goes into some of the comedies but for the most part Comedies are movies. They are. They're just by their inherent nature, right? But I just, I just argue that I think some of them are kind of rise above it. That's all. Um, and and like even if we look at like horror, we've mentioned horror on this podcast many, many times. Something like from your generation, Yancey Saw, the Saw franchise. To me, that those are movies. But I think Night of the Living Dead, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. To me, those are films. Not just because they're old either. Like just the themes in them and the way that they use the medium to tell the story. That, that's that's what I take it. And the thing is, too, like uh, something else that's come up is, you know, I think you can make films that are easily digestible by a mainstream audience. And case in point for me is Alfred Hitchcock. Like Alfred Hitchcock could do that. He he made films, but for the most part, mainstream audiences sort of really connected with them. Mm-hmm. Very simple films, but they were powerful. Yeah. I, and the other thing, too, is that, that I, I think it's easy to kind of simplify things and say films are more visual in nature you know like they rely more on cinematography and interesting use of the camera you know and framing and the use of shadows in black and white films especially but i think that that if you you thought of a film of just being those things that would exclude movies that rely on a lot of acting and a lot of actors and i don't think that's necessarily the case because there's a film from 1981 cave you've heard of this i'm sure but yance you never heard of it and it's called my dinner with andre and to me that's a film and it takes place inside of a restaurant with Andre Gregory and Wallace Shawn just having dinner and talking the whole movie. And to me, that's a film. Yeah, yeah I would agree. Don't you? Yeah. So, I mean, it just, but it relies on the power of the actors. It's almost like watching a play, you know, but it's just incredible. So let me ask you a question here. Um, um, a lot of the, the movies or films uh, that we've talked about that, that sort of reach that film status are are adaptations of 
well well known well received novels or well known plays uh, and are often adapted from other sources and that's the whole reason they were put onto the big screen is hey this was a book that was great let's turn it into a movie this was a play that you know uh, won a tony award let's turn it into a movie mm-hmm. um, it, to me that that's almost like giving those movies or, or well films for the most part um, a leg up in that if they've got this really strong um, story before they even begin if you come to me and say hey i've got this pulitzer prize winning novel and we want to turn it into a movie it's like you're you're already halfway to being that film status based on again some of the categories that we've talked about Mm -hmm. um now that's not to say that you're not going to screw it up because how many times have we heard oh best-selling exactly the bonfire of the vanities author yeah Yeah, and then you're like oh okay you got who to play what role like come on who who had pictures of who to get that guy in that movie like yeah i mean a good example is like the great gatsby and they cannot put that on film they just haven't been able to do it because of the casting and things like that it just doesn't fit Exactly. Um, so, so one last question I have, and then we'll we'll have some fun together. Uh, so, is one better than the other? Yancey, start with mm. you. Uh, man, it's it's hard. I I for me personally, I prefer films. Right. I think that's that's kind of been established as we do these movie reviews back and forth. Um, I prefer one over the other. But if I were just watching quote unquote films every single day, um, I think. I think I would kind of get tired of it. It's nice to fix it, you know, to mix it up. Like you need that flavor, that zest of a, you know, almost like a mindless movie, like a really, you know, action-packed, fun movie full of explosions and fire, and you know, actors that are well known, and you know, maybe do one thing or character actors. Um, there's a place definitely for both of them. I personally skewed more towards the film side, um, but I don't think it's fair to say that one's better than the other. Derek, what are your thoughts? Is a movie better than a film? Film better than movie? Uh, no, I, I'm pretty much going to echo what Yancey said. I think. Each has its place and each has its own audience. And I don't think that the people that want to see a film are going to go to see a movie expecting a film. I think that the film going audience is going to sort of know what to look for. They're going to read reviews. They're going to see a trailer. They're going to get a sense right away of this is trying to be a film. I'm going to go see it. And I think people that want a movie are going to go, hey, look at that. Explosions and nudity. I'm there. <laughs> and away they go, right? Like it's I, – I think the audience that wants each of those two kinds of movies is going to get exactly what they expect most of the time with very few exceptions. Uh, I don't necessarily think one is better than the other. Um, but like Yancey, I think uh, – you know. I, I would rather sit and see a film as you, you know, if I go to the Toronto Film Festival in my peak when I was much younger and I had a lot more time, I was seeing upwards of 50 movies over the course of 10 days and 48 out of those 50 were (laughs) films through and through. Mm -hmm. But you always had a couple of those big releases where they're like, hey, we're going to, you know, show this big Hollywood movie to try and bring some money to the festival. And you go to that one knowing exactly what to expect. You're going to get... You know, you know your your summer blockbuster kind of movie with again. I'm gonna keep going back to explosions. To me, nothing says movie more than an explosion. You know, Michael Bay is never gonna be called a film director. Michael no, he won't. Perfect. Yeah. That is the perfect no? point. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that there is is. I don't think one is better than the other. I think they each have their place, and I think they're both good for for what they're good at. Yeah, I agree. You guys said it on the head because they serve different purposes, right? Like not to oversimplify things, but as we've said, just sort of as a conclusion to this this segment, you know, a, a movie is there to entertain. But for me, a film is an art form. So that's where I would leave things at. OK, you guys ready to have some fun with Yancey? OK, so I tell you what, you guys can both play along this week because we have both of you here. Um, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I decided to kind of dip into the millennial pool a little bit in terms of the uh, the tool that I would use. So I went to the IMDB, the Internet Movie Database. And what I did was I'm going to I'm gonna make things easy for you. You know, Yancey, you're obviously familiar with IMDB. You know, you use it all the time. If you go in there and take a look at any, any films that are listed there, um, they will list um, a little synopsis, usually just like one or two sentences, right? So I'll tell you what, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, these are what I would consider to be films okay and i'm going to give you the film synopsis right out of imdb all you need to do name the film you guys can handle this right i like it okay so we'll start with some easy ones okay you guys ready yeah okay a phoenix secretary embezzles forty thousand dollars from her employer's client goes on the run and checks into a remote hotel run by a young man under the domination of his mother psycho 
Okay, a mentally. You didn't give me a chance. Sorry, Nancy. <laughs> I was pausing, 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 and then I'm like. And he just jumped in. Point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So next one, a mentally unstable Vietnam War veteran works at night in New York City, where the perceived decadence and sleaze feeds his urge for violent action, while attempting to save a pre-adolescent prostitute in the process. Taxi driver. Oh, yay. Well done. I, I, you, I didn't know it. I have any idea what it was until your very last part about the, the young girl. And I'm right. like, okay, it's got to be taxi driver. Weirdly enough, I've never seen that movie. Oh, wow. And you guessed it. Oh, I got okay, that, I got to put that down because I got to give that to you as one of the movies you got to watch. <laughs> I got to be honest. I saw it once and I didn't care for it. Oh, man. I love that movie. Oh, man, I love it. And I just called it a movie. It's a film. (laughs) Uh, Okay, next. During the Vietnam War, Captain Willard is sent on a dangerous mission into Cambodia to assassinate a renegade colonel who has set himself up as a god among a local tribe. I know this one. You know it, Derek? Yeah, I know it. Go ahead. Apocalypse Now. That's right. It is. It's Apocalypse Now. Okay. A A manipulative woman. I told you these would be easy. Right. A manipulative woman and a roguish man conduct a turbulent romance during the American Civil War and Reconstruction periods. I have no idea. Hmm. The Civil War? Yep. A manipulative woman. Probably the most manipulative woman who's ever been on film. And a roguish man who doesn't give a damn. Conduct a turbulent romance during the American Civil War and Reconstruction periods. No No? idea. 1939. Because he said, I don't give a damn. That gives it up a little bit. I can't remember the name of the movie. Oh, uh, Gone with the Wind? Gone with the Wind is correct. That's right. Okay, this one's for Yancey. Okay, and it's it's an old movie, too. It's from the 50s. This one's for Yancey. A silent film production company and cast make a difficult transition to sound. I know. This is one of my favorite movies. (laughs) It's one of Yancey's favorite. I don't know. I don't know. Go for it, Derek. (laughs) Is it Singing in the Rain? Of course it's singing in the rain. Jeez, I've seen you. that movie, too. I know. My first, t- girl, my first girlfriend ever, that was her very favorite movie, and she made me watch it with her, and I was like, oh, my God, I hate musicals, but I really enjoyed it. Okay, so this next one's a tough one. I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint. It's a foreign film. It's one of my, my top five favorite films of all time. Okay, hypnotist Dr. Caligari uses a somnambulist, Cesar, to commit murders. No idea. No idea. 1920. Derek, come on. We've, we've almost swept. Come on, Derek. 1920. I, I mean, I can hazard a guess just because Chris already told us what his all-time three favorite films were, and I think it might have been one of the ones he mentioned. No, it's not. It's okay, not. Okay, I have no idea. Can you read me the clue again? Uh, it's right in the clue. Hypnotist Dr. Caligari uses a somnambulist, Cesar, to commit murders. I'm going to say the hypnotist. No, it's the cabinet it's of the- Dr. Caligari. Oh, yeah, geez, never. I was going to say Manchurian Candidate. No, no, it's it's one of my favorite films (laughs) of all time. I love it. Oh, I love that film. It's great. Okay, so here's one. And I think I want to throw this one to Yancey. It's an old one again from the 50s, but I think Yancey can get this one. Okay. A San Francisco detective suffering from acrophobia investigates the strange activities of an old friend's wife, all the while becoming dangerously obsessed with her. Is this Vertigo? It is very well done. I was just going to say, I think I know this one, but you got it. And my last one I will throw it to you is a millennial film. Okay, so I can't make it Uh too easy. A little bit hard, but I don't know. It's a great film. A young Chinese warrior steals a sword from a famed swordsman and then escapes into a world of romantic adventure with a mysterious man in the frontier of the nation. Derek? No idea. Doesn't even last samurai. <laughs> no, it's from 2000. Say it again. Say it one more yeah. time. A young Chinese warrior steals a sword from a famed swordsman and then escapes into a world of romantic adventure oh. with a mysterious man in the frontier of the nation. Is it Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Very good. Yes, there we go. Oh. yes it Dude, is. Good, Derek. Not too bad. Not too bad so, at all. So, Chris, can I throw one to you? Of course so, you can. Of course right. you can. So let me let me build this up a little more than it needs to be built up. When we used to work at Blockbuster Video, we didn't have the IMDb because this was pre-internet when right. you had like video cassettes. And what we had was the TV Guide. This was the literal TV Guide magazine that you bought off the shelf every week so you knew <laughs> what was going to be on TV that week. Right, right, yeah. 
And people, real people got paid real money to describe television shows and movies in one sentence. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Into the TV guide. Very cool. And so when we were at Blockbuster, it used to be funny as we would take the TV guide. Someone would bring it in every week or they'd probably bring in the one from the week before when their mom was done with it. And they would read us the one sentence descriptions and we'd have to try and guess what movie that was describing. So our favorite oh, that, that we constantly cool. went back to, whenever yeah. we get new employees come in, we're like, oh, I've seen everything. We're like, okay, I'm going to give you a one sentence description. Tell me which movie this is. So this is our favorite one. <laughs> Good. You guys both can jump in on this one. Good okay. luck, Yancy. Four Atlanta businessmen go on a bad canoe trip. Deliverance. Bingo. Yes. <laughs> not bad, not bad, eh? Yep. Oh, that's all right. Uh, too bad. Next time we'll have to get into some Canadian film too. We didn't do that uh, this time, but uh, hopefully we we kind of got to got to talking to some of you know the ideas of movies and films. Like I say, it's just something that just came came up on a previous podcast. We decided to kind of flesh it out a little bit. Uh, it was really good, uh, Derek. Thanks, as always, for joining us on the show. And thanks for filling in when Yancey uh, was indisposed there. That was really, really great to step up. So uh, we Happy really appreciate it. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me. But I'm very glad Yancey's back. And uh, I've enjoyed the shows you guys have done. Last week's show on The Killing Fields was great. It's, again, one of my favorite movies too, Chris. So I was glad to hear it get some love. And definitely that, that one falls in the film category. Yeah, definitely. I agree. That was a good one. And Yancey, thanks a lot. Uh, like as, as Derek mentioned, just echo, echo his thoughts. It's, it's great to have you back, my friend. Likewise. Yeah, it's always, it's always good to have you back. So we will be back next week. Um, before we before we leave, now we're going to go back to uh, one of the other formats that we have on the show where we give each other movies to watch. So uh, last time, obviously, Derek mentioned it. Uh, I made you watch The Killing Fields, which you really liked. Uh, you know, it's great. Great movie. So now it's your turn. You got to throw a movie at me that I've got to watch before next week, and we'll come back and we'll break the movie down and we'll discuss it. So what's the film that you would like me to watch, or is it a movie? Um, I, I think I would consider this a film. I think you'll say that it's probably a crappy movie, um, just judging by how things normally go. Uh, Get off my lawn, you kids! We're going to watch one of the first movies I ever saw by myself in a theater. I went and saw this as a junior in high school. It is the 2006 dystopian thriller Children of Men. Oh, so good. Okay, okay, very, very good. Chris, have you seen this movie? I have not seen this movie. Oh, if you don't like this movie, I may have to stop listening to the podcast for a while. <laughs> Yancy's giving Derek? you some. Yancy's giving you some great picks that you have disliked, and I just don't understand how you didn't like District Nine. How you didn't yeah. like? I did like District Nine. I like Interstellar. I thought District Nine was great. Go back and listen to that podcast. Okay. I thought it was okay. awesome. I thought some of the that what was going on thematically in that movie in that movie was great. I, I actually liked District Nine. I thought it was really good. Um, Interstellar. Yeah, I didn't like that movie. That movie. Is, oh, <laughs> man, that's three hours of my life I'll never get back. Man, oh he's man. still mad about it, Derek. Can you tell? No, I just, I just, I, I'm didn't mad like it. he's mad. Like, I, I don't get why you didn't like some of these movies. But I know. Yeah. And, and me being like this film great. guy that I just love this stuff, but no, I did not like Interstellar. And, I, and I've got some hate mail as a result of it, just so you know. Uh, but uh, people are like, ah, you suck. But yeah, whatever. I don't like it. I'm just being honest. Uh, okay, so for next week, I will definitely watch, uh, watch the Children of Men and we'll come back. We'll talk about it. It'll be great. Until then, as I mentioned at the top of the show, if you want to reach us on Twitter, you can get us at C. McBrien or at Yance Eaton. Derek is always available on Twitter at Amaron underscore DM. Uh, you can go over to popgoesyourworld.com. All our contact information is there. Uh, wherever you download and listen to the show, just take a minute, leave us a review. We'd really, really appreciate it, and I'd love to get that feedback as always. Until next time, this is Chris McBrien for Yance Eaton saying thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Pop Goes Your World podcast. Continue the conversation on Twitter at C. McBrien or at Yancey Eaton. Please consider leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. 